This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Quick favor, could you hit the subscribe button? It really helps get the show out there so that more people can be inspired by the personal growth that our guests are talking about and take those lessons into their own lives. Welcome to Wellness with Ella, the Deliciously Ella podcast. This is a podcast that aims to inspire you, to empower you, to leave you feeling uplifted. Every week, me and my guests will candidly reveal our personal journeys of transforming times of great difficulty into times of enormous personal growth. How did our guests get to where they are today? What have been their biggest challenges? What practices and habits have really genuinely moved the needle for them and how do they keep moving forward? Wellness with Ella has the simple mission of giving you unfiltered, empowering conversations that give you the tools, knowledge and inspiration to transform your own life and your own health. My guests today truly epitomize what this season of the show has been about. The idea that we all struggle with our health that nobody is immune from life's challenges, that you never know what the person next to you is going through, that personal transformations can happen at any point in our lives, and that whilst all of our journeys are different, the thread that really seems to link everybody's transformation together is learning to embrace vulnerability and sharing those challenges with the people around us. My guests today are Ian Redpath and Jeremy Chopra, better known as All on the Board. If you've ever been on the Tube in London, you'll have seen their poems and their creative messages on the boards around the stations. Lots of people assume that these are written by a team of people, that perhaps it's a scheme created by Transport for London, but actually the whole premise was started and continues to be run by two guys, Ian and Jeremy, both of whom were working on the Tube and had been through incredibly challenging periods with their well-being, and they wanted to ensure that no one else felt alone in their own challenges. So as they watched millions of people commute each day, they felt that simple messages of hope, inspiration, honesty and clarity that you are never alone in your struggles would maybe help. They've since been seen by tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people, gone completely viral with their wisdom, their vulnerability and the boards have been shared by so many people from celebrities like Katy Perry and Michelle Obama. And I was so excited to speak with Ian and Jeremy to find out how their personal experiences have led them to create this online community with such a positive message and a universal impact. And in the conversation, we're talking about finding ways to connect with one another, the importance of both compassion and understanding, and both of them have some really moving stories about their early lives, the experiences with their mental health, and the times they've been able to provide help and support for people during their most vulnerable moments. It's a very revealing and honest conversation, and I really hope you enjoy it. Just one warning, though, we do touch on one of their experiences with eating disorders, so if that's something that you would like to skip, then I would really recommend moving on to a different episode. Otherwise, let's get into the show. Well, Ian, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having this us. Is lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting because I think the whole season, this is our last episode of this season, we've really been exploring the power of vulnerability and the fact that we all have these stories, right? No, all our lives are completely different. All our challenges are completely different. You know, I do believe you can never really understand because we've never walked in each other's shoes. That being said, life is just anything but linear. And I think we're not necessarily completely open about what that actually looks like and the power of vulnerability when we take down those walls to actually talk much more honestly about our experiences, be that with physical health, mental health, grief, loss, and that connection that we create as a result. And the reason I'm so happy that you guys are here for the finale of this season is I feel like what you've created is the absolute epitome of that premise, this idea of community through vulnerability, of sharing and of showing people that they're never, ever alone. Um, so I wondered if you could introduce yourself and the concept of All on the Board. I mean, for anyone who's ever been to London or been on the Tube, which is probably a very large proportion of our listeners they will have seen your boards or they've probably seen the memes go viral of those amazing um, quotes and poems that you share but will you tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do you want to go for it or, uh, yeah why not uh, so my name's Ian Redpath uh, I used to be a very good dancer but not so much now and uh, yeah myself and Jeremy he's going to introduce himself um, yeah we, we both work for London Underground and we started doing all on the board in 2017 and uh, I don't know, we've always been creative spirits and, you know, we've got our own health and mental health conditions. And, um, you know, it's just a, a distraction as to what we're going through. And then, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, we, we kind of um, we want to get the message out there that people are not alone. However lonely they feel, if they are on their own, there are people going through similar things. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could get all the lonely feeling people in the world in a room together or in a virtual room and just say, look, you're not alone. Let's get talking, you know? And it's like, you know, the London underground, we always say it's, it's one of the busiest places in the world. And yet it can feel like the loneliest place, you know, like I, I was on the train today during the peak and literally everyone is on their own journeys. And it's crazy to think that like, we're all like, you know, crammed together and yet not, none of us are saying like hello to one another, you know, and it's, uh, I guess, you know, that's what life is kind of like, but uh, we we want to, you know, get the message out there, you know, no one's ever alone and, you know, we may be in, you know, different boats, but we do face similar storms and, you know, let's get through it together, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're lucky that we work in a team on the underground, not not in all on the board, it's just us on, on all of the board, but yeah. uh, for our day job on the underground, we work in a team that allows us to work all over the network, which is why, even though there's only two of us, our boards pop up everywhere because we'll be working a different place every day. Um, and that gives us the opportunity to kind of like write different kinds of things for different places. Um, sometimes changing the name of a station just to make someone laugh or sometimes writing about the event that they're going to just to extend it a little bit, you know, make make it a bit more fun inside the journey that they're doing on the underground. Um, and we've just taken that opportunity, I think, to write things and just put the message out there and connect people, as you're saying. Um, and uh, yeah, the communication thing's always been a big, big thing for us because I think before this, as you say, we were, we were cre we are creative spirits, but we've never had the the uh, outlet before now to kind of put our things out there. You know, it's all been inside us or on pieces of paper at our homes or whatever. And um, we came up with this idea one day in 2017. We were just working, and we thought, oh, let's write a little silly poem about. Um, the event that was going on in in the O2 at that time. Um, and then instantly people were taking selfies with it and smiling and you just, you could see straight away, oh wow, that worked. 
that actually did something because actually before that there was just a board that was saying keep right on it and it was filthy and it people were just ignoring it they just walk wherever they want to walk um and just by putting a little poem on there that was a bit bit of fun um it changed the demeanor of people completely you know they yeah they're going to an event that they want to go to but you could see that they were just trying to get there it was functional right it was just getting there and then yeah we broke into that and found a way to get into um into that headspace and break them out of it and say oh you're here now everything's going to be good and then it was a few months after that that we kind of came up with the mental health stuff um writing about what we go through and that stuff was a whole other whole other thing it kind of really exploded into this bigger we can really change things yeah, now we can yeah. actually make things better for a lot of people there are people suffering all kinds of things out there and they feel alone um and i think it was just just before we were writing our uh, going to start our second book we were we were trying to think of like how do we want to approach this and we want it to be a companion because that's what we're trying to do sometimes we're trying to be a companion for people as they're coming through that space and we said what's our core things that we do on all in the board and we realized it was um as you say make people realize they're not alone um to be kind to themselves and to be kind to each other and like, I think the world would be a better place if we did all those three things all the time. Before we sort of rewind and, and start to understand what inspired you to want to open up that vulnerability and share what you'd both been going through, I'd love to know, is there one or two boards or messages or poems that you've shared that have resonated the most? Do, uh, do you know what? The first one that springs to mind is um, like the, the board that we wrote about endometriosis. Yeah, and it was just um, it, I mean, because what it was, I mean, I mean, like my my wife really gets bad periods, yeah, and we was looking into it, and it was like, no, this is more than sort of bad periods, a, a symptom. Mm. So we was like looking into it, and me and Jeremy was researching it, and we just came across this condition, endometriosis, that we had never heard about, and we was like, my God, people go through this, you know, and it's like we kind of like done a bit of research on it, wanted to put it on a board, and then we was thinking. You know, why, despite looking like we're in our mid-twenties, you know, we're in our 40s <laughs> and that, yeah? You know, it's like, it, it, it seemed bonkers for two, you know, men in their 40s to write about endometriosis on a board. And, you know, and yeah, I, th I think that's one of my proudest moments. You know I mean? I, I love doing all the, you know, the concert boards and the fun boards and, you know, like celebrities come down for, you know, selfies and stuff. But yeah, it's just that that kind of did resonate with a lot of people, and you know, it's it's yeah. that's that's it's always the one that's yeah. always the one always comes to my mind, and yeah, purely yeah. because um, we do a lot of research when we're writing about conditions, unless it's something that we both go through ourselves, yeah. um, and obviously we don't go through endometriosis; we never heard of it before, mm. and and um, we had to do a lot of research, and it was a really tricky one because you're looking and you're thinking, right, there is a lot of stuff to unpack and put on a board. Um, but we do have to do a board. It's one of the most pain. It's on the, on the list of one of the most painful conditions yeah, on earth, yeah. and it's very common. Yeah, yeah, yeah and absolutely. Very few people know about it. I mean, if you say the word endometriosis to someone in the street, they're going to think you're talking about uh, you know some kind of plant or something like that, maybe you know, yeah, <laughs> or some yeah. you know osmosis or something like that. Mm. But um, they're not going to think that that's one of the most painful things around. Um, so we had to do that, and um, it was really tricky. And then when we put it out, and it got this massive response. I mean, it's quite, it's been a universal response still yeah, to yeah, this day. Because yeah. some of the other boards you put out about conditions, you get this massive response of thank you and that's perfect. Blah, blah. But then you get other people who 
challenge certain parts of it and say, oh, you got that wrong. Um, and then we kind of look back at it and try and... But then know. it kind of gets people talking about the condition. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's so, the yes. point, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, all about so, breaking down those yeah, barriers, yeah, isn't it? And yeah. removing the stigmas. And yeah. and it's exactly, which is why, almost circling back to the beginning, instead of so keen to talk to you guys about this, is it's exactly mm. that, is that we go through so many things and we don't talk about them. Oh, and yeah. I think it's writing them down and sharing them with those four million people and everyone online every single day to highlight the fact that yeah, yeah. people are going through this and to be aware of it and conscious of it and it's it's incredibly powerful and i'm sure as you're saying it makes people feel very seen yeah it's it's just a, um kind of trying to make the invisible visible you know exactly. it's like we don't know what one another is going through I, I remember telling someone that you know i've got ulcerative colitis and they're like oh yeah i get that and that was kind of comparing <laughs> it with their ibs sort of thing or that they'd been out of curry the night before oh i had what you had last night and it's like well no you didn't really it's like do you know what i mean so it's just like you know it's just like Let's talk about our conditions, mm. you know, get them out there. It's like, you know, you you may be on a train and you may see some youngster, you know, not getting up for for an elderly person. And it's like, well, there could be a reason why they're not getting up. Mm. You know, they could be having chronic fatigue, chronic pains. And, you know, sometimes they get sort of dirty looks on the train. It's like, why are you not getting up for that person? But they may want to get up, but physically they, they can't get up. You know, it's just, uh, I've, I've had it before, you know, people looking at me. And I've been going through like, such chronic pain, chronic fatigue. I want to get up for someone giving me a seat, but I physically can't, you know. It's uh, yeah, it's just understanding one another and, you know, being more empathetic and stuff, you know. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. As you said, the world needs a, a lot more of that. Yeah, do you know least. what I mean? We, we do try to make people laugh occasionally. That's how All in the Board happened, actually. We were we were writing a TV sitcom at the time yeah. on, you know, while we were standing there. And then we started, um, I don't know how we ended up with, getting from that to talking about Craig David's songs but I think it was just because the crowd were coming no, through we were, Someone we was, were singing Craig David that's, but that's what I mean Craig, another, Craig, you know what the mean? Craig David crowd yeah. was coming through and then we thought well, what songs do we know of Craig David um, and we started singing really badly some of his songs to each other and we thought oh well let's make a little little poem out of it it was a really short one but it just there you go like because it was offering sort of directions to the O2 but kind of incorporating his songs as well you know see so you can imagine walking away to the O2 and you know it won't take 7 days to get there blah blah blah, <laughs> blah you know but yeah it was good but, but people often ask us you know how do we go from that to the mental health stuff that yeah. we've gone gone to and 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 it was just because it was just a natural process for us mm -hmm. you know we're just writing about what what we like and the things that make us tick and we just came up with that at that time. And then we started realizing, why don't we write something a bit more personal, you know? Yeah, yeah. And for people to be honest with one another, you know what I mean? But it's because, like, you know, a lot of people, like, kind of look at, you know, these perceived perfect photos of people online. They're like, why can't I have that? But they're not seeing what's going on kind of behind the scenes and you know, behind mm. the lens and stuff. It's like everyone is going through their own sort of dramas and problems. And, you know, it's... And were yeah. you both always open and comfortable talking about it because I think having a bit of research on the both of you it seems like you've both gone through some real challenges both with your mental health and your physical health I'd love to understand a little bit more about how that informed this desire to kind of break open the conversations and share that vulnerability but within that I'm curious did you always feel really comfortable talking about how you felt yeah. I know my experience like it took me so so long to talk about my health and, and be open I, about I was it. yeah I was terrible at that um I went through my whole teens like literally from from the, the first uh few months of secondary school right to through university I was 
like a silent person just kind of hovering around and it was bad, really, really bad. And what prompted that? I mean, I, I probably already had bad self-esteem, I think, before I went to secondary school. But, you know, you're so young, you're just, you're just making it through, mm. right? Um, and then uh, in secondary school, when you, I mean, everyone probably recognises, you go to secondary school, and especially if it's one that's away from where you would have been locally, you're going to have no friends, you're going to have to everything completely brand new and I went secondary school and I had no friends and I was really bad at making friends anyway so uh, I made one friend on on the first day uh it was a boy where we were in a queue for um for lunch and then someone bumped into him he dropped all his coins on the ground and he started crying and everyone was just like walking past him and I decided to stop and help him and we became friends and for the next three months, we we became inseparable. We were just like everything together. And it was really weird because I was this person that nobody liked and I was like an, a social outcast and he was probably the most popular person in school suddenly. And uh, and yet we were together all the time. And, um, and it was just, I think, a day before we were due back to go to school after the Christmas period. Um, in the local newspaper, there was a report of a fire in a house and, and he, had, he had sadly died. Um, and I, that was, I only got note of it from that newspaper report when I was at another friend's house and um the uh, my friend's mum had told me and I remember in that I still remember that moment she told me and I just kind of like did this thing where I kind of pretended like you know I don't know what's kind of going on I don't know if that's real or whatever and I went to the bathroom locked the door and I just like completely just went like tears and everything like that but silently and I think that was where things happened with the silence because I cried really heavily but they had no idea that I was doing that cleared my face with, with the water from the sink and I walked out and then never talked about it and then when I went to school the first thing that happened was of course everyone knew that we were inseparable and they all the other kids as they do they would come around you at the dinner table like asking oh well how did that this happen and so on and so forth or, did you cry someone said did you cry and, and, and I actually said no you know, and I and I remember that sticking with me and think, uh, throughout my school years, thinking, oh, why did I say no? You know, I felt really bad about that, and um, and and I think that just affected me really deeply. It was, you know, I guess it was childhood trauma to a certain extent, right? Um, and everything just became really internalized because it was a defense thing for me. So I just went through my whole teen years like that, and and I then had um, I then developed an eating disorder, so uh, it. I don't know what it's called now, actually. I haven't looked up what it's called now, but at the time, I think it was called Ednos, which is like eating disorder with no obvious symptom, uh, where it's not, you know, bulimia, anorexia, or anything like that. It's, 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 it's just different. It's just you have an eating disorder, clearly you have an eating disorder, but you don't um, have a, a diagnosis that's really quite um, direct. And um, I went through my whole teens and I was extremely um, undernourished basically by the time I left school and uh, I was I'm lucky to be here to be quite honest with you and it wasn't until I got into my early 20s where I had this moment just this weird moment of clarity where I woke up one day and there was this sunlight coming through and I just realized I'm going to die basically I just heard these words in my head and it was really clear I mean I'm sure everyone's kind of had this day where you just like everything feels really really ridiculously clear you can feel the air you can feel the dust and everything like that. it was like that it was just for for that day um, but it was enough to kind of kick me into gear realizing that and um and from then i started to try and kind of find a way back 
Um, but I still probably, I would say I, I, I didn't get into talking about my, my issues until probably like 30 even. I mean, you know, so we're talking from the age of 12 until 30. I was really bad at talking. I would never be sitting here talking like this uh, or writing things on the board or putting things out in podcasts or interviews or, or books or anything like that back then. No way. Even going back, you know, 10 years ago when I first came on the underground, certainly probably wouldn't be talking like I am now. So all in the board has really helped mm. me to do that, to kind of come out more and be able to do this. Um, I'm st I still have social anxiety. I still, you know, I can still feel those little shakes that you get inside mm. you that no one can see, um, the sweaty palms and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the, one of the reasons why I do things like this is because I want people to realize that, you know, that's the, how much of my life was, you know, so difficult purely from not talking about the things um yeah i mean like i'm really good at defending you know myself from certain situations but then you don't experience so many things because of that so it's such a powerful example as you said of the fact that we keep so much inside of us and you can be interacting with people all day you might just walk past them but it might be someone you bump into in a coffee shop or a colleague or someone you're sitting next to on the underground or on the bus or mm on a plane or just in your life and you have absolutely no idea exactly that they might have you know 10 20 years of kind of trauma that they don't want to talk about and I wondered when you started opening up and you started writing on the boards did you suddenly feel almost this like release this pressure off that you felt other people were then opening up to you and saying I've been through this or maybe it's something similar or something kind of very different but equally challenging and you realize wait a second, I'm completely normal because it's completely normal to have these fluctuations. Yeah, you know what? It was uh, because, as I say, it was such a long period of my life that it, be it became ingrained as a characteristic. So when we started doing those boards and, as you say, people were opening up themselves and sharing it and, and commenting and so on, I was, I guess, I was gaining strength from those, as mm. you say, but it, it was a very slow process because we were still wearing masks for the first three years we were anonymous for the first three years so it's like you're, you're kind of coming out but not really with all this stuff you're, you're still behind a mask mm. um and uh and yeah it, it, it was it was probably like when we took the masks off that was really hard uh because it kind of then goes back you know you, you're, you're, yeah, you're there completely and, bearing your soul yeah it's, it's now yeah actually i'm the one who's been saying some things you know you're the one who's been saying some things um and we, we end up going through an imposter syndrome period as well, where we're kind of like, what do people really expect us to be? Did they expect us mm. to be who we are? And and not knowing that fills your head with all kinds of silliness. It's like, you're never going to know that. And everyone's going to think differently mm. about you. And it doesn't even matter because, as Ian said, we've only ever cared about the words we're putting out, not about what who we are um, in terms of that. And even though we're gaining from it, we gain strength from it. And, and it does help me to, you know, speak out. Uh, we never, we never made it about that, um, and so that was that was yeah, it's, it's, it's ups and downs, you mm. know. But then life is right, you know. Your mental health struggles don't just go because you had a realization. You're gonna have things that change because it's just the organic nature of the way chemicals work in your brain and the way the world is. You know, this is a different room, but we're talking about the same stuff, and yet I'm realizing certain things right now that I didn't realize before. I might forget something today that I'll remember tomorrow. It's, yeah, it's just one of those things, but you have to figure out, you have to come up with tools that kind of help you to navigate those tough parts 
to get to the good parts, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you know, it, yeah, it's just getting getting it out there, the importance of talking, you know what I mean? It's just um, like um, I, I used to have problems sort of expressing how I felt and I'd write it down on a page uh, and that was a way of getting my feelings and emotions out there. And I remember showing someone, they was like, oh, this is a bit dark, isn't it? But it was kind of like, it, it was therapy for me. It was just getting all my negative thoughts and feelings mm. on a page. And like, I've still got them in, in my wardrobe and it kind of like, it's evidence to me that, you know, I survived that moment, you know, and that's what I was going through in that. And I think as time has gone on, you know, I've realized that talking about your problems and, you know, again, getting it off your chest, you know, don't suffer in silence. It it does make you feel better, you know what I mean? It's just, um, you know, the more we talk, you know, the better we feel, you know, it's just to lighten the load, you know, you haven't got to carry the weight of the world on your back, you know, you can share it out with others, you know. And did yeah. you have a moment with each other? I don't know, I, I don't think I've read about this, like yeah. when you first met each other, were you kind of honest about everything you were going through or did that build up and then you, you suddenly you know had this... I think this... it built, uh, built up, didn't it? It built up, know? but the funniest thing is the yeah. very first time, um, he you would he doesn't remember the very first time we met, it was actually we were on a duty and I remember it being a really hard shift and I was with some of our colleagues from our team and then he come walking past and I was like oh who's that I ain't seen that person here all, all, all shift and they're like oh that's that's Ian he works in the SRT as well and I was like well where's he been all this time I thought he was a skyver I thought like he's taking the mic <laughs> <laughs> I was like what what's that about Why, where's he been we, we, we've been like slugging off here all this time so I, I went, was doing my makeup and no he was <laughs> he was actually helping out he was actually doing the job in another part of the station and then um our manager put us together because she said that we're both, everyone keeps t talking about how we're both creative and coming up with bonkers things and all that on the gate lines. We should do something together. Mm. Um, and we, uh, she started putting us in shifts together and we were just standing around talking like this and coming up with ideas. Um, we came up with all kinds of ideas, some crazy stuff. Um, and then, it, yeah, I think you know we were just thinking in the middle yeah. of conversations. Any, any bad, Ella, yeah? He remembers the first time that he met me, but I don't remember the first <laughs> he time wouldn't I know, met him. You wouldn't <laughs> remember that. Normal. Is, yeah. Is, yeah. You wouldn't remember that because like, you literally just, he was doing the job. But I, was, uh, and I think I was on my way to the toilet, you said. You me, were, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like quickly high and by, weren't it? Because, yeah, I had a bit of But yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't remember when, when, when I finally found out about your condition or I think we just literally just yeah, told yeah, each we other just, like open it up about it I know, think we just, just realized that we're both very similar in what how we see the world like in terms of that kind of caring for people and caring about others around us yeah, and, and, and it just became what? really easy to kind of say oh that person's a caring you know you just get that aura mm. around people and you felt comfortable to share yeah, stories and, and this is this is what like this is what gets me it's like you know why should it take bravery to ask exactly. for help why why should you be brave in coming out about who you are you know what i mean we should we should talk about it like like we chat about the weather mm. you know how does it affect anyone else you know it's it's kind of we want to like smash stigmas and break taboos and stuff and just you know Gen generally that's what we do together, now yeah. we, we we get customers who come up to us on the underground all the time asking us questions obviously like the directions are here directions for there but sometimes they come over to you and you think that's what they're going to ask and they say oh you do the boards don't you and it's like oh yeah we do and then that you can see the, the the nervousness and it's like just pretend you're asking us for directions it'll mm. work out you know it, you'll be able to say what you want to say um because that's who we are now we just yeah. like we just want people to be able to come up to us and say whatever give us a hug if you want to give us a hug you know give us a high five or just you know wave from a distance if that's easier for you whatever but don't feel like you can't 
you know, but do you know what? It's us. brilliant when people like we may get recognised once a shift, maybe twice or three times, yeah. But when they come over to you and say, "Oh, could I get a selfie with you?" We're always up for selfies and hugs. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a good feeling, isn't it? You know, it's good. Yeah, it'd be nice if if that became like a community thing, like if mm. people were able to just do that. But you know, it is it is difficult. You can understand why it is. It's very different scenarios. Right, you can't just go and hug up anyone. You can't just go and do that with anyone. You can't open up to absolutely everyone. But um. There are, but unfortunately, that translates a lot to people in their own groups where they they're not doing that with the people that they 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 know that they can. They just don't feel that they can. Um, yeah, it's, it is important because I think in my case with my eating disorder, the thing with eating disorders is you become really good at hiding the fact that you have an eating disorder, even though you don't know you have an eating disorder. Because I was, a, you know, I was still a child and, and a, a teenager, but you don't know that you've got a disorder. You just think this is what you are and I was wearing like clothes that would just be baggy and you know no one could see how I was and so on it was it was it was destroying communication it was like you know blocking communication and it's and I'm I'm incredibly good at that Um, and I'm constantly fighting that part of me saying that's not helping you that's not helping you at all start talking more you know saying I don't think I've ever actually talked this much about that period Mm. actually until just now thinking yeah. about it um we've re- we've written about eating disorders and i have mentioned it in in the books but not to this depth you know and there's so much it's, it's a ridiculous a long period of life you know and it affects so many things mm. um yeah those are informative years you know going through all of that um I mean, when I went to university, actually, I, I wasn't someone who lived in halls. So I, w- I didn't have a community. I would actually just drive from home to university and home like that. So it, again, gave me the opportunity just not to talk to anyone. You know, you go to lectures, you sit there, you don't say a word. In the seminars, the teacher points at you and you say the most simple answer mm. so you don't have to say anything more. And then the, the attention goes to someone else. You just find these ways of not talking. Mm. And I think there's a lot of people out there now more than ever because of social media. They can say things on social media, but not in real life. And they feel like that's them talking, but it's not really, you know, because it's too controlled. You know, you've got to be willing to just open up and let things flow. And Do you feel a sense of freedom in a way now that you can speak so openly yeah, like about it? Yeah, this is a really weird sensation right now, talking like this. Yeah, like it's, this is a really weird sensation right now, talking like this, because um, it's just, it's, as I say, it's a ridiculous amount of stuff. And you can't write that on a board. You can't write that even, I mean, you could write it in a book, but it would, it would, it would have to be a really big book, mm. you know. Um, and talking is, is so, so much more because all those little pauses in what I'm saying, you know, uh, all those little intricacies in the things I'm saying, you can't translate that any other way than just talking. I mean, that's why we can talk. That's why we've got mm. voices. I know. I always think of you as a really interesting experience. If anyone's listening, say they're on the tube or the bus, or maybe they're in the office surrounded by a group of people. If everyone just sort of stopped and then like actually offloaded, you know, what was going on, you know, when people are like, how are you? And sometimes you're like, I'm great. And you really are great. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, I'm actually really having a bad day you know this happened that's happened i'm worried about this i'm worried about that you know big stuff small stuff but we're all like yeah good 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 
fine, fine, fine. That's and it, it. I would love this moment if like the whole world stopped and everyone just was completely honest about yeah. what was in their brain, what they were thinking, what they were feeling. And obviously, as I said, you'd have an absolute split where some people genuinely are feeling really, really great. Yeah. But probably a lot of people are worrying about a lot of things. And I wondered if everyone said it out loud at the same time, how many people would say the exact same yeah, thing that, as that each would other. Be fantastic. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, we all kind of asked each other out of politeness, I guess. Like, yeah, oh, how are you doing? Yeah. And then not to be a burden or waste the other person's time. Oh yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. But it's like if you ask are you really okay? Like a second time, you know, they might genuinely say, yeah, no, I'm fine. But it's just, yeah, to be open and honest. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah that'd, be, that'd be brilliant. I think I there know. would be like, there would be poetry in the echo. As you say, everyone would be saying a lot, not everyone, but there would be a lot of people saying the same thing. And there would be a, there was, there would be a sense of harmony in totally. that moment. And it's yeah. almost, you know, as you were just saying, Jeremy, it's like what you were going through with your eating disorder created this extreme sense of loneliness, but it's a loneliness that can be fostered by lots of other challenges you know be it physical illness mental illness grief but probably feeling very similar feelings of trying to make yourself invisible not a burden or feeling like you don't fit in and again it's it's just those sensations being so universal and Ian, i was wondering what your experiences were like kind of getting to this point and this point of saying i want to break down the barriers i want to share yeah, uh, uh, do you know what it's it's just um but over time it's um you know it's like i used to be a, a train driver i had a young girl jump in front of my train it completely messed me up and um you know i was scared of the dark for about a year i couldn't have the lights off you know every every time i shut my eyes i'd say uh, because what happened it's like our eyes met just as the train hit her and she smiled. So I was kind of left with that image. Yeah. And, and it's, um, uh, and it just messed me up big time. Uh, subsequently, like uh, recently, like last year, the girl got in touch with us. I mean, this is like over 10 years later, I was under the impression that the girl had died. So, so I was carrying that kind of, you know, it was like, you go through all the emotions. You're like, you're glad that you survived that situation. You feel guilt. You think of her family, you think of what she could have been. Could I have done anything more? And then to to have the girl like send us an email ten years later, and Jeremy said to me, "Do not read the email. You know, it's it's just gonna, you know." But but I've kind of like uh, you know, I, I I've forgiven her, and I'm glad that she's alive, and you know, um, you know, and I'm glad for her family. But it's something that I can never forget. You know what I mean? I remember having counselling at the time just after it happened, and um, you know, the counsellor said, uh, you know, if if you know if she was here and she was in the room with you. What would you do? And I said, I honestly couldn't tell you whether I'd hug her or want to hit her. You know, my head was in that place. You know, it's just, um, yeah, just so messed up. But over time with counseling, you realize the importance of talking. You know, I was kind of trying to protect my own family by saying, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. But just by bottling it up inside and just, yeah, I, I was really beating myself up. But it's like, you know, why am I protecting my family? They're, they're people that I love that would do anything for me. And I can, you know, talk to them and they're there to help me. You know, unfortunately, some people haven't got those people in their lives, but, you know, there are people out there that will listen. There are organizations, you know, that's kind of what what me and Jeremy want to do, use social media for good. You know, we share, uh, sorry, we see people sharing sort of comments and sort of making friends with one another, you know, over certain like boards that we mm. put on about mental health. And it's like, just to see that connection, it's like, oh, wow, you know, I, I thought I was the only person going through this, you know. So I think it, it like, you know, since my late teenage years, you know, having anxiety attacks and, you know, I've just realized the importance of talking and to getting it out there. And, you know, 
Ella, if I said to you, you, you know, I go through this and you might say, well, I go through that too. And then we can know that we, you know, we're not alone and, you know, you could share your techniques on how you, you know, deal with yours and I could share mine. You know, it's, it's just important. Uh, sorry, talking is so important, you know, it's, um, it really is. However you do it, you know, by, you know, putting how you feel on social media or, you know, I remember like, um, like, uh, I think it was last year. It was, um, you know, Jeremy's talking about his eating disorder. I've, I've had this uh, sort of problem for seven years. It's like um, a fear of choking, and it, and it affects me. Sort of like, you know, it, it, if I go out to restaurants, you know, it's, I'm, I'm kind of like hiding the food and just constantly worried about choking on food, and it's affected my diet so much. And I was, I was sitting at the kitchen table. My wife was on the sofa. And I, I just had food dribbling out the side of my mouth like a baby. And like I was making all these gargling noises. And I'm like, I'm so fed up with this. So I just wrote down on a piece of paper, I'm going through this. Is anyone else going through a similar thing? And it kind of went viral. You know, we put it up on social media. It wasn't a board or anything. It was just me asking for, like, not asking for help, but just saying, if anyone else has, you know, something similar going on, you know, and and uh, subsequently, I ended up on this morning, sort of uh, with, with the the Speakmans, and they were talking me for it. And you know, it was it it was something that they could never cure overnight, but it was just nice to know that I wasn't alone. And it has improved, and I can now go out to restaurants, like you know, social occasions. You know, and I've just realised it's like because I was like, literally, if, if we was all eating food, I'd be the last to finish, but I wouldn't finish it, and my food would go cold, and it just you couldn't eat it at all. And I was always like hiding food under napkins, but now I just order smaller portions and just realise, you know, when I've had enough, I've had enough. I haven't got to beat myself up about it. It's just nice being with other people, you know. It's uh, yeah, so talk, talk, talk. You know? yeah, yeah. Did you feel you were living in a kind of cloud of fear in in some ways? Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. Yeah, know? and it's just you know, it's it's kind of like. I was always trying to protect other people, but I just like like by saying I'm okay, you know, it's like you know, you know, putting a brave face on things. But why put a brave face on things? You know, it's just. Um, and did you think this is something? Just I found that in my own life because that's what I did for a really long time. Yeah. Or just like draw away from people and just give them like a very surface level, like yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, even with people you're very very close with, that actually it's like really counterproductive. And I didn't, it took me a long time to understand that yeah, and, and change because yeah. it's incredibly difficult. But actually, you're trying to protect people, but in a way, you're not because you're sort of pushing them away and you're not therefore really helping them or yourself to a degree. Absolutely. And they can, they can kind they of, they can see it. They but, can see what you're going through, but they, they, they can't really, you know, they want to do everything they can to help. And, you know, yeah. And did you both or either of you have a moment where you kind of had that internal dialogue of thinking, okay, I've been living like this for however long and, and to your point there of almost like writing it down and putting it out there, but saying, I, I don't want to live like this anymore. I need to ask for help. And that kind of being stage one and almost like privately asking for help. And then stage two being like, and now actually I want to break down the barriers so that yeah, anyone uh, else it doesn't have uh, to feel yeah, the I think same way. A, it, well, for me, it's like a process over time. It's like sort of um, receiving counselling and just, um, you know, and I realised, you know, I was, I was obsessively, like I, I started obsessively talking to people how I was feeling and the incidents that had happened to the point where I got to the point where, you know what, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm boring myself. 
And then I kind of realised it was kind of like, you know, I think I'm I'm getting there, you know. Yeah, for for me, it was like um, going going back through that period of the with my eating disorder. It was uh, I had that moment of clarity, but I don't think that came just out of out of the blue. Mm. I think it was building up to that in a similar way to you. Like yeah, I was, yeah. I, I talked to myself a lot, almost like a third person interview in my head. Sometimes you're walking along, you're like you're talking, you're like, I sound like I'm talking like in an interview in mm. my head. Um, and I was already going through all that stuff and seeing, uh, talking about how inadequate I am and how, um, how much of a failure I am and all these really negative things all the time. That so many of us say to yeah. ourselves. Mm, mm. And it was constant. And, um, and it was during that period. And, and because, I was, as I say, I was at university. I was going back and forth, not really talking to anyone. Um, I only had myself to talk to. But then I kind of like um, started to get bored, like you say. You start mm. to get bored of the negative stuff. And I don't know what it is. I must have had some kind of strength in me. And I think that was when I realized there is some strength in me somewhere because I'm still here. Despite all that negative stuff, I'm still here. So what? what is that? Um, and, and then I started thinking about the things that I do enjoy. And I went. I enjoy watching movies and uh, writing stories and all these kind of things. And and at that time, I was actually watching the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I became obsessed with it. It was like the greatest thing ever. And um, and the character of Buffy was just like this 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 amazing hero who, despite all of this stuff, and obviously obviously doing it all in secret, she's still there and she's still fighting for the whole world, kind of thing. I'm like, oh, you know, there's a bit of that going on in me as well. So um, you know. I, I I connected with that, and I think it was just after it was during that period as I was watching. It was just after that kind of thought process. I woke up that day and I had this kind of like, I guess, epiphany that I'm going to die. I'm, I need to stop this. And I did go to the doctor, and of course, the first thing the doctor did was um, diagnosed me with depression and an eating disorder, and said, "Right, here's tablets. Take these tablets." And I was like, oh, "So medication, right?" So you start taking a medication, and after about a week or so, it started making me nauseous. And that's the one thing that I hate the most out of everything is feeling nauseous. It's just like I can deal with most other kind mm. of things, but nausea, no, thank you. And I just literally bin them. And I said, "Right, I don't like that, but but that." I obviously need something because the doctor said I need something and I need something. So what else can I do? So I just um, found my own solution, which was to start binge eating. Weird thing to say as a solution, but when you were that like on the verge of, I was, you know, I, I was completely undernourished. Um, I had to, I started binge eating secret to try and, try and help myself in that way. And it was literally one bite a day. And that became my thing. One bite more a day. Um, of of a really bad pizza in a local place and it was always open so I'd go there after work binge on this pizza by just having one extra bite a day and I started gaining weight basically and then it, then I started doing other things like exercise I was like okay let me try some exercise and I think that was when I realized I'm actually stronger than physically as well than I realized I was because I'm able to do some of these exercises I thought would just kill me mm. so I started doing that as well and, and I went through this period where actually my health got really really good i was like wow and people started noticing it and they their demeanor towards me was completely different like they weren't so abusive to me you know like random comments and things like that didn't happen anymore um and yeah that, that starts to have effects as well but yeah mm. and what do you are there tools that you do now or kind of things that like maybe just reminders for yourself or practical things mostly, that you come back to it is mostly reminders i think in the head and also obviously what we do with all on the board because because when we're feeling that inadequacy or whatever we just write about it now and we're, we're lucky that we've got mm. that output you know we've got that that mm. space to do that and other people don't have that but then 
people do have that because social media you can do it anyway or people around you can talk to i've got two kids you know i'm everything i do is is for my family now you know um so i'm always visualizing them in my head you know what can i pass on to them from my lessons because they might go through similar things you know my parents didn't know what i was going through so how can i know what they're going to go through or how can i give them the tools to tell me what they're going through and you know these kind of things it's it's yeah yeah you know and it's nice just dropping little reminders out there to people it's like you know it's like you're not weak you're tired from being strong you know what i mean it's just like intrusive thoughts you know it's like oh the voice in my head well no actually you've got control over that voice in the head you know you can tell it to shut up whenever you want mm. you know it's you know it takes time but you know you you, you, you can learn to enough. find space can't you between oh, yourself and that voice yeah yeah i mean for a while you know it's just uh like again we work on the underground and like sometimes uh, and it did scare me quite a bit it's like i'd be walking along a platform and because of what had happened to me it's like you know i'd, I'd get this voice going Oh, uh, you know, you had someone jump in front of your train. Why don't you do it? And I'm like, whoa, like, hold on. Where did that come from? You know what I mean? It's just, uh, and then, you know, over time you realize, no, hold on. It's like, it's, I, I can control this. You know, I can tell it to shut up. You know, if, if you're not going to get on with me or entertain me or like help me out, then, you know, just, it just, you don't, go away. yeah, go away. Yeah. Basically, it's just realizing that, you know, it's like perfection doesn't exist. You know, it's like you're not alone. And, um, you know, we all have, you know, it, you know, our imperfections are just differences that should be celebrated. You know, it's. Um, and Ian, am I right in saying that gratitude's one of the things that you come back to a lot as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, just just grateful, like to, you know, celebrate every little achievement like a like a glorious win. You know, what I mean, it, it really is. You know, just getting out of bed on some days. It's like, you know, yeah, I got out of bed. You know, it's like, you know. I won't give myself a medal for it, or you know, but it's just like, yeah, you've done all right, you know. And but life's the medal, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. you're still here. Enjoying I, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm genuinely like that that period of my life, I shouldn't be here considering how things were going. But the fact I am here is just like, oh, I'm still here. This is amazing. As long as mm. I've got we've we've all we've all got a limited amount of time, you know, and, and unfortunately these kind of things end up wasting so much of it. And then you're kind of like trying to catch up. But um that that becomes itself a negative thing because you're like trying to grab everything you can it exhausts you again so you've got to just like accept sometimes you have amazing things happening some days you're just too tired but you're still here and as long as you're here keep going and enjoy as much as you can you know everything from a cup of tea to um just just being out in in what's not raining or when it is raining just enjoy the rain whatever it is you know mm. just try and find some enjoyment in it um, and when you can't enjoy it, just accept tomorrow is going to be better. You've got through really bad days before. There's going to be bad days in the future. There's going to be good days in the future. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, the gratitude is like, actually with what we're doing now. I mean, here we are. You know, it wasn't until we're almost 40 that all in the board happened. So every little thing like meeting you, like doing this kind of thing, all these kind of things that we're doing is just like amazing to us it's like blowing our minds every single time we do this kind of stuff it's like how can we be how comes we're doing this well we're here because we got through that stuff and we never gave up so if we can be here at this kind of you know age having any kind of success if you want to look at this as success then everybody should just be willing to keep going and you know you never know what might happen you, you mm. might come up with something amazing and do something yeah. amazing and it, it just what it, we do come across a lot of people that have like anxiety attacks on on the tubes, you know, because they're crowded, they're hot, and you know, and it's just to 
Like, you know, if you could, if you have an anxiety attack, write down how you're feeling. And next time you have one, you know, it's evidence to you that you got through it. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. It must be really humbling and kind of fascinating at the same time watching everyone on their journeys every day. It's this like, I always think it's interesting on the tube or any kind of crowded space like that to watch people go about their days. And I guess I've become so interested and attuned to how people seem to be feeling and how they're interacting with one another that I've just become fascinated by watching it. But you can really see people who are struggling or or feeling down, but the way that it is quite invisible. I'll never forget I had this tube journey. I was um, at work in um, by Liverpool Street, which is in East London. And my mother-in-law had been um, very, very ill for a year. And when we knew we were reaching kind of towards the end and, but obviously things turned really, really quickly. And I was literally about to walk on stage to do a talk. I'd had the microphone on. I just had one of those weird feelings to check my phone. And so I did, and I had three missed calls from my husband. So I obviously called him back and his mum had had... Um, she she just something had turned and, and it was really clear that actually we'd gone from thinking we had months to thinking we might have hours or, or you know, max a, a couple of days. So I literally just walked out. I didn't even tell anyone I was leaving and there was this whole crowd of people and I literally just walked out. And it's that strange thing exactly as we were talking about earlier where you're completely numb, you're completely, you're like in this busy, crowded, like events, you know, it's like 10,000 people in the space, but you're completely alone in it and I walked to the tube and I got on the tube and when I sat down on the tube and it was the middle of the day so it was relatively quiet and I just had this complete breakdown and it was absolutely hysterical and I was going all the way across London to West London where my mum was going to pick me up and drive me down because my husband was already with his family and they, they didn't live in London. I cried the whole way and no one spoke to me and it's one of those, you know, you have those experiences and I don't say this as like, sure everyone on the tube that day is so nice I don't say it as a criticism but it was one of those just those moments that stick with you where you think this is so weird yeah. <laughs> the world's got to change like yeah. there's something wrong with this like as in I, I I was you know young in my in my 20s and I was there and you know I was like dressed for work so I, I, I you know I, I clearly needed help yeah and yeah. no one no one even looked at me yeah. It was anyway, and it always struck me as this fascinating thing of everyone going through things, but yeah. we're so scared to say the wrong thing that we don't say anything. And I think what you guys are doing of putting yourselves out there and always saying something and letting people see that every day when mm-hmm. they're in on their way to work, having those moments, it's it's just amazing. Do you, do you know what? I just want to say, if these microphones weren't in the way, I'd have come over and oh. given you a hug. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you. yeah, just um, but but yeah, you, you're right. It's like. It is weird. It's that we've got all these tools now to communicate with, you know, social media and that. And yet we are kind of like in our own little cocoons. And it just yeah. seems the art of conversation is kind of like disappeared. You know, I think we should have, well, no, why one day a year? But it, it, it should be, uh, you know, they should put up posters where, you know, on your tube journey, you've got to say hello to at least 10 people yeah. before you get to your destination. You know, I mean, how... How crazy would that, that be? But it would be nice, you know, or you've got to hug free people if you want to before you get to your destination. You know, it's just, um, yeah, it's it's mad. Just everyone on their own little journeys and just, uh, you know, it's just like kind of like, you know, I was on the tube the other day and it's just like, I think there was about 20 people on the carriage, you know, it wasn't during the peak. And I counted how many people were on their phones. And out of the 20 people, there was like 17 people on their phones and it was like, yeah, you're kind of missing the everything around you. Yeah, yeah. 
I kind it's, of miss actually... the days of newspapers and like elbows. So I kind of imagine you and stuff, you know. You can't do that anymore. There's too many no, people packed in now yeah. to, to even get a newspaper out. Mm. But no, it's interesting you're saying that about your your um, your your journey that time because I'm I'm currently off work because um, I'm grieving because my mum passed away uh, in, so at the end of January and um, and it's and it's been really tough because it was really sudden and I'm going to be going back to work in a couple of weeks time and and it's been playing on my mind a little bit like. Because all our followers kind of know and they're probably, you know, thinking when they see me, they're going to give me a hug or they're not sure if they can or whether they can say hello or what, what to say. And I'm thinking in my head, well, um, I don't even know how I'm going to react. Mm. So we're, we're all thinking like, we don't know, we don't know. So why not just do what what is natural to you? You know, like people want to come over and give me a hug. People want to come and say hi or wave in the distance or whatever, thumbs up, whatever. That's fine, mm -hmm. you know, because um, I might well tear up or might cry because that's how I do things. That's mm -hmm. me in general. Um, and I don't want people to feel like, oh, that's really awkward or bad because, you know, he's crying. Crying, tears are just messages from the heart, right, that that, you, that have to come out and they come out in the way that they come out. So um, it's, a, it's a weird thing that's been playing in my mind, like, I'm going to cry. I definitely am going to cry at some point. And I don't want to weird anyone out and make them feel like, oh, they're the reason why I'm crying or, you know, anything like that. Um, and then you go through that whole, oh, I'm trying to defend, protect people from feeling bad about things or whatever like that again. It's like, well, no, not really. It's just the way it is. It's just a part of mm -hmm. life, isn't yeah. it? And it's, yeah. it's so interesting how scared we are of saying something because we're scared of saying the wrong thing. And I remember, you know, talking to my husband about it afterwards and, it's, you know, he felt... You know, and I'm, I'm not sure if this is how your experience at all, but like, so lonely because people often don't say anything because they're scared that if they say something, they'll upset you or they'll say the wrong thing. But as a result, you end up feeling really cut off because yeah. no one wants, not that they don't want to talk about it, but as I said, it's the fear of saying the wrong thing that means people often say nothing. Yeah. And it's really interesting one again just about breaking down the barriers and i think the more we talk about all of our experiences in our life the more comfortable everyone is to say okay you know what it's okay it's okay to talk about it it's okay to have whatever emotional response to it and as a result we all feel infinitely more connected and compassionate mm. to each other you know what i think because of that period of me being completely isolating mm. myself to so many people and everything around me and society in general it has given me this kind of particular ability to spot that in people mm. Uh, who I have no idea who they are, and I think that's probably like what happened when I was working on the tube that day. And the lady, it was, it was, it was incredibly busy. It was King's Cross Station, so mm. you can imagine, really busy. And it was literally just me and one other member of staff there. And funnily enough, talking about rule breaking and stuff like that um, earlier on, we were saying um, I was breaking a rule on that duty that time because I was told to go to another part of the station, which would have left my colleague on their own. And it got incredibly busy, but I decided to stay with my colleague, like. I, I disobeyed orders basically mm. um stayed with them and then this lady came through the crowd and it was just like this crazy thing where it was almost like a like a, a light spotlight mm. on that one person in this crowd that i saw like oh she doesn't seem right someone doesn't seem right and i just asked her are you okay and she kind of stopped i think just shocked by the yeah. fact that i spoke to her and and stared at me what what seemed like forever but it was literally just seconds and just stared at me and said no actually no i'm not and then you know, long story short, she eventually admitted that she was going to do something. And um, and I had effectively, you know, broke that thought process and stopped that happening by just saying, are you okay? Um, and obviously, you know, there's all the science that you don't say, are you okay? Because there's, there's, it's a really easy one to just say yes to. Mm. 
but if you see you you can there are other ways you can say things and keep talking to people and find out you can ask them a second time or a third time or find another way to ask them an open question um but if you don't even say anything that moment is gone and then that you know you don't know what's going to happen then so like you say you know we're scared to say the wrong thing but saying something is so important even for moments like that it's so important just to say something whatever it might be did you ever stay in touch with her no it's kind of like what what happened with you wasn't it um like you don't you don't get the information you know once you've it's out of your hands and it's now in the police hands or whoever you never hear anything again so you don't know you know did you have a real impact over any but if, if you've given that person one more day any the other people can come involved and and fix things or help things or whatever um but yeah it was like 45 minutes she wouldn't let go of my arm like the police came and there was a psychologist and all this and that and she wouldn't like let me go she'd become like attached to what i was saying as like you know the person that she trusted in that moment and um and i think i'd probably be the same as well i think anyone would be you know you realize that you know this person has kind of done something for you and and you don't know the other people around you and you're in that space that's such a bad place that some people end up in um it just it was what it was but you know, I hope I I hold on to the hope that things worked out for mm. her. You know, and that was the, that was the first time I had another lady like I think about four or five months later at the same station as well, but this time on an actual platform where I intervened as well. And we've both done that. We've both you know mm. we've both intervened with people in all kinds of situations, panic attacks. How many times we've we done events where someone's having a panic attack and they don't know what to do and they've never had one before. They think they're having a heart attack and you just kind of like get them through it. You know, it's part of the part of the job. Um, and it feels incredibly good when you help someone like that you know that's one of the best parts of our job I think on on the underground separate of all on the board Um, it's one of the best parts of our job is those moments um, because you actually feel like you're making a difference and I think we've gone through we've always wanted to make a difference I mean I I certainly I have Mm. Um, you know in this life yeah now we're we're in a position where we are making a difference in an extended manner so Mm. And and just, you know, what we went through with the pandemic, you know, just being told that we've got to keep apart, you know, it's just, surely it should make us realise how how much we really need each other, you know. It's just, I've never, uh, you know, what you were talking about, about gratitude, I'm so grateful to be able to hug people again, you know, to be able to, you know, to to hug my family and my loved ones, you know. I remember sort of uh, beating up with my mum, like, uh, sort of during the pandemic, and she would uh, bought this. Uh, she looked like a five foot condom. She had bought this Mac where she was able to hug me. Oh my god, yeah. I saw those on yeah, Instagram. Yeah. Didn't know anyone actually <laughs> had one. Yeah, yeah, no, no, she did. Yeah, and it was the strangest thing. So, like, we kind of met in a car park, kept our distance. We kind of run together for about ten seconds. She told me how long I could hug her for with this uh, five foot condom on or whatever it was. And uh, yeah, just being able to hug each other, and you know, and that should have taught us how much we need each other. You know, just being like isolated in our own homes. It's just yeah. It's just I, I do appreciate people a lot more since this is probably there. quite a hard question. But if mm. you've learned one thing from starting to share your experiences and writing these messages of hope and understanding and mm. yeah, the making people feel seen and understood or giving them that optimism um and pause for thought, what do you what do you think that one learning might be? Uh, I don't know about you. It's just I, I realise that, you know, it's a it's a big world and however lonely I feel, I, I know that I'm not alone and you, you just see other people 
saying the same thing, you know, it's just we're not alone, you know, we, we should be all in it together, you know, no matter our circumstances, you know, it's just that you, we go through similar things, we have similar conditions and just we, we do need each other, you know, it's, uh, we go through good days, bad days, but we have days and we just should be there for each other, you know. I think also that we're all stronger than we realize because yeah, there's there's some people who send us messages and say, oh, you sent at the right time. Thank you so much. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. It's like, well, we're your cheerleader, but you're the one who's been taking the weight and you're the one who's got you here to read the message in the first place and take the message in because, you know, it's all perspective. They could read the message. Some people do read the message and say, oh, that's a load of nonsense. Mm. Um, and the other person reads it and says, oh, my God, that's a perfect message. It's like it's the same words. You're just both reading it a different way and it's impacting you differently. If you want to choose that it's the wrong words, then you're going to see it's the wrong words and then it's not for you. But you're still here. Something's getting you through here. And the other person finds something in there and it's getting through. But it's, it's you're both getting through because of who you are. And so many things you have no idea of in your past and happening to you right now. And everyone's got, everyone has a strength. That's why you're still here. Sometimes things get too much, you know, and then unfortunately it doesn't, it doesn't happen. But sometimes um, you get into a, a ridiculously stressful, dark space and yet you get through it and you've got through it because of you, you know. Yeah. And just to cut in, just the, the importance of kindness, honestly, really, you know, it is so important to be kind to one another. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, it's like being kind to someone. It gives you a good feeling. They're obviously getting a good feeling because, you know, and then it's just the whole sort of passing it on effect. You know, it's just, you know, we don't know what one another is going through. So just just be kind. Use social media for good. You know, you know when you can add banter and stuff like that, but just use it for good. You know, we should be building each other up, not breaking each other down. You know, exactly. Like, be kind yeah. to yourself, kind yeah. to others, and know that you're not alone. And literally, everything will be yeah. wonderful to to live amongst. Really, I love that. Thank you both so much, and thank you for sharing so honestly. Yeah. Hon uh, honestly, honestly, it makes. I don't think you can underestimate what a huge difference it, it makes to people's lives. Oh, thank um, you. So I hope everyone listening has really felt that. But I feel so, so grateful for both of your time today. Thank you well, so, thank so you much. Thank you for having us. Thank yeah. you. Thank, thank you so you. much. I have to say meeting and talking to Ian and Jeremy was a real highlight of 2023 so far. All of our guests are spectacular and they all have these extraordinary stories that I know I personally have been deeply inspired by. But I think what resonated so much to me was how different both of their stories were, how much their vulnerability has inspired truly tens of millions of people and shown that whilst it sounds simple, being just kind and compassionate and thoughtful to one another is so incredibly important. You know, we really don't know what other people are going through. You will walk past hundreds, maybe thousands of people, depending on what you're doing in any given day, such as walking through the tube or the underground or a bus or however you move around where you live. And you just don't know what the person next to you is going through. And I think both of their stories really illustrate that. And so I think that lens of awareness and of compassion is just so important for us to create the world that we also want to live in. Equally accepting support and love and compassion, again, from our friends and family, even when we feel like we want to isolate. Again, it sounds simple, but I think it makes the world of difference to sharing those challenges and knowing that we're not alone in that. 
And then within that, finding moments of joy, of gratitude, even in the most boring or difficult days. And I think that's what their signs are all about, is trying to find a pause in the kind of minutiae of the world that we live in and the kind of daily grind as often we can look at it and find those moments of hope, of inspiration, of optimism. So I hope you found it interesting to hear what they've been through, the tools that they use. Remember, we have all of those tools at your disposal on the Delicious Ciela app for relating back to this episode, but also every episode in the season. If you don't have the app yet, there's a free week's trial so you can get started with absolutely no commitment. And as always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this whole series, on the episode. I will miss you while we're on a break. So we're going on an Easter break now. It's the end of this season. But please do email us, podcast at deliciousiella.com. You can find us on social at deliciousiella. And while we're on a break, we'll be re-releasing our best of episodes. So the episodes that you've loved the most and also that I feel are the most impactful in terms of improving our health and our well-being. So they'll span from the last five or six years, covering everything from period power to the importance of sleep with Matthew Walker, stress, your day-to-day environment, how food affects our mood. So a huge amount of information, a wealth of knowledge to inspire your everyday health. So I hope you enjoy that. I will see you soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our community. And a huge thank you to Curly Media, who are partners in producing the show.